Hi, I'm Whitney. And I'm Taylor. And we're the Ghost Sisters. back for episode four where we are going to get into the first part of haunted locations and um, so I I kind of went through and I created a list of haunted locations that I just kind of noticed and then as I went through I realized that I forgot some so I tried to pepper them in there here and there but we're gonna have two episodes salt them in Ridiculous. I feel assaulted. Oh my god. Oh my god. Pepper away. uh, Pepper away. So we're doing two episodes on this. And I decided that the first episode I'm gonna cover churches, cemeteries, and catacombs. And then we're gonna get into hospitals, asylums, and nursing homes. Notice I categorize these all together because they're basically the same thing. And then we get into forests and then mines and caverns. So forests are spooky, spooky, especially the ones that I covered. So (laughs) so I guess we'll go ahead and get into it. The first group is our churches, cemeteries, and catacombs. And honestly, when I was going through like all of these, all of the ones that I went through for both episodes, then I literally typed in, why are these things haunted? And I got nothing. So I really ended up just kind of looking at why I think they're haunted. So you can, t- you know, first, if you, yeah, Taylor, do you know what yeah. the difference between a graveyard and a cemetery is? No. What's the difference? A graveyard is a small burial ground that is normally part of a churchyard or located on church property. A cemetery is a large burial ground that is not affiliated with a church or situated next to one. Interesting. Yeah, I had no idea about that. Learning with Whitney. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So why are these things haunted? Basically, churches, they're a spiritual place with high emotions. You typically have weddings, baptisms, funerals, you know, very, very happy things, very, very sad things. And And uh, sometimes some very blah things. Oh, yeah. Lots of blah things. Whitney and I are not churchgoers. <laughs> for those not that we're hating on your religion or anything. No. I'm sure even if you are religious, you've been to some blah things at a church. Legit. That's so. legit. So people believe that they have a greater connection to God or the related deity of the church while they're within those walls. So they tend to open themselves up a little bit more to the spiritual side of things. And then abandoning a church could lead to an absence of these deities, which could allow for darker energies to move in, energies, entities. By abandoning, you mean not like you as a person abandoning the church? You mean like the church was left abandoned, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, if you, Whitney and I both, we didn't abandon religion, basically. We we just stopped going to church one day. (laughs) Whitney's kind of like, but... Abandoned is not the word I would use. Yeah, but we didn't have anything dark happen because of that or darker entities or anything like that. So cemeteries and graveyards are supposedly not haunted, which I thought was interesting. Well, I I, would you really like if you died and you were buried, how many other fun places are there to haunt? 
legit. That's then what people, like a bunch yeah. of other dead people. Right. Hey, yeah, Steve. That's, like Steve. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> so so yeah, that's basically the thought process is that you know you're not going to stay where you were buried. You're basically going to go someplace that you enjoyed being and you'd rather haunt that place. Typically people that do haunt cemeteries are people that are still tethered to their body that don't know they're dead. And that becomes a big problem. So, and then of course, catacombs. I personally like, I don't want nothing to do with catacombs. Uh, Matter of fact, when (laughs) Whitney, or was it mom and dad that they went to, they were going to like come down to France for a little bit or something like that. And I was like, don't go in the catacomb and you were going to do something. You freaked out because, I mean, granted, France's catacomb system is fucked the fuck up. Don't go, like, I don't even think I would go on a tour of it because of how, like, how interconnected and woven and everything that is. And you just, you'll get fucking lost. Don't do it. But I did go to the catacombs when I was in Rome. And it was actually very fascinating. Not the one that's over with the um, the Roman Catholic Church and all of that kind of stuff. This was actually a separate catacomb, but it was a it was an interesting experience. I would go again. Sure, it yeah. it didn't feel haunted. It was actually very nice and cool. It was a hot summer day, but since it's down in the ground, it's not so cool. <laughs> Anyways, and then you know the bodies, but yeah, so I, yeah. I want nothing to do with with Did see a, they freak me a out. couple bones while I was in there. So yeah, I'm actually I'm claustrophobic as well. So the thought of being like caving was something I will never do ever, unless it's oh. Carlsbad caverns. Like I'll go to Carlsbad. That's different. A walking tour that's super duper yes. open, and you know how exactly. to get out. Yeah, it's, but not going to go people. like spelunking. Oh no! Mm-mm. I was walking. So actually, um, one of the places that we're going to talk about when we get to caves is Hellhole Cave in Virginia, West Virginia, or something like that. That like some of the spaces are no bigger than the size of a baseball. And, well, like, see, I can't even that. do that anyways because like, what my ankle is bigger than right. a baseball. Like, what the right. fuck? Yeah. No. Mm-mm. So anyway, back to <laughs> she's making fists like how? Um like you not even I don't know. Maybe they're yeah. contortionist. Anyways, continue Maybe. on. So that's why I think these things are haunted. So I'm gonna go through and talk about some famous church haunts and then we're gonna talk about famous cemeteries and famous catacombs. So some of these areas I got all over the world, some areas I just kind of hang hung on to the US. So the first one is the Ordre. Oh, yeah. Church in Order Suglaine in Bless France. You. Sure. Thanks. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. It's in France. Um, France. I'm going to pretend. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, You've not seen that? No. It's not. Uh-huh. Oh, it's the beauty pageant. They all go through and they like say they're. Their uh, their country and everything, and they get to France, and she's like a screeching bird. She France. Oh my god! Okay, no, I have not seen that. <laughs> okay. You should so, check it out. That's great. Anyways. Okay, I will. So this was the site of one of the worst Nazi massacres of civilians on French soil. So this is during, you know, all that that lovely time. Six hundred and forty-two people died, and two hundred and forty-seven of them were children. So we're off to a rough start. Those people were either shot or burned alive on June 10th of 1944. Women and children were separated from the men and asphyxiated in the church with a smoke bomb. And whoever managed to survive that was shot. Or I want to say that there was maybe 
three people that survived it by pretending that wow. they were dead and managing to escape. So this all happened the, in the church this, or on yeah, the so church grounds? The women and children were killed inside the church. And then the men were killed around the church. So the charred remains of the village still stand and people still live in this area. So, yeah. So it's right. Yeah. That's I mean, like I sounded really excited about that, but like that would be a really interesting thing to go see. So their paranormal experiences, they see the spirits of the slaughtered walking through the streets, which is disturbing Ugh. and even more disturbing they smell burning wood and flesh uh, which doesn't sound good to well me. that's like the uh is it chicago the syrup factory right yep they can still they, the molasses factory smell, yeah the molasses yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. but i mean that so, was like you know just molasses burning into stuff that this wasn't right. like phantom flesh smells right phantom flesh smells oh so then we have Egg Hill Church, which is in Spring Hills, Pennsylvania. And this was supposedly the site of a mass murder in the early 1900s, but there's no evidence that actually supports that. So there's two rumors for what happened here. The first rumor is the pastor was holding congregation, chained the doors, and murdered the entire congregation before killing himself in the bell tower. What? Yeah, so, and they're saying that he did it by knife, like he, he knifed everybody. And I don't know how big this congregation would have been that he would have been able to Either take out everybody way, with a knife. Yeah, that sounds a little far-fetched because, right. like, you would maybe get through, like, the first three people in the pews and everyone else would be like, what the fuck? And, like, right. I would hope. Or they just, oh, I got the vapors. Like, I don't know. But I would <laughs> I, I would think if it's a whole congregation, even if it's like a small town and there's only like 20 people in there, still. Yeah. So, Anyways. Supposedly, the knife resides in a tombstone and blood appears if the knife is removed. Like a pool of blood will appear where the knife was sitting. So it's like um, a bad King Arthur. Yeah. So the second rumor, which I think is more believable, is the pastor actually gave poisoned offerings of Christ to the congregation and they died as a result of that. And then he hung yeah. himself before he could be found. Yeah, that sounds more plausible. Yeah. But so then if you go back to the other one, is there still the knife that bleeds? If it's still haunted... Where does the knife that bleeds come into play? You know? The knife that bleeds is supposedly what he killed himself with. Yeah, but if in the other one he hung himself. Right, yeah. So that's, I'm not sure, like, they said that there's no evidence to support the rumors. So I'm not sure if if that's actually a thing. If you happen to live in Spring Hills, Pennsylvania, and you know this story, reach out to us so that we can get clarification. Because yeah. what the fuck? So different paranormal experiences that they have, they hear voices and crying. They hear phantom bells ringing. They, of course, see apparitions in the graveyard. And then they see spirits following cars home. Like you're driving nope. in your car and there's a spirit following behind you as you're driving. Nope. <laughs> I, would, I would move. <laughs> like, so, nope. uh, well, now I'm like, okay, so hold on. Is this like 
the spirit is like zoom in with you? Like if you're going 60, are they just like, and they're like coming at you? Or is it just at each time you look, there's a spirit on the side of the road? I honestly don't know, but either one, I would move. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not playing those games. Nope. Fair. <laughs> okay, so the next one is the St. Mary the Virgin Church in Clop Hill, England. Of course, everything in England is really fucking old. So this was built around 1350. Wow. Um, yeah, it's oh, very old. So the cool thing about this church, or maybe the bad thing about this church, is it faces the wrong direction. So apparently churches are built so that they face the east, so that they're open to God, and east is considered the holy direction. But this church faces the west, so it's considered closed from God and open to hell. This became a problem for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was abandoned in the a problem. It was abandoned in the 1840s for about 170 years. So it it still did the thing for 500 years before it was abandoned. And then it became a focal point for vandalism and black magic because of always did. Yeah, that's just well, yeah. I mean, it, it was it, a losing battle. It was facing west. Like fuck, man. <laughs> Don't God damn. build your shit facing west. Yeah. So, <laughs> the things they see, they see, of course, dark figures extremely tall hooded monks walking near the church, which I just, that creeps me out no matter what. If you're going to talk about monks and that kind of stuff, like I've never seen good monks, like hauntings. Now, is there a history of monks at that church? I didn't because find anything on it. That That's interesting because if they mm -hmm. didn't practice there. Then why would there be monks? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I, granted this is in the 1350s and a lot of that history isn't written down. So there is a high possibility that there were monks there and it just wasn't yeah. documented. Of course, in the 1960s, they had possible satanic rituals and they think that they maybe uh, conjured something up and it's been left behind. It could be a guardian or an elemental. They have shoving and touching, um, grabbing, and then possible poltergeist activity as well. Mm. Yeah. And then we get into Adams Grove Presbyterian Church and Cemetery in Dallas County, Alabama. This was built in 1853, closed in 1974, and it is now on the National Register of Historic Places that was put on there in 1986. So oh. this... This one's creepy. They see a shadow man with fiery red eyes in the church and the cemetery. Oh, dang. Nothing about that's okay. <laughs> this used to be land of Confederate soldiers. They typically mm. will see a Confederate soldier that is ordering trespassers away. Like if you're there after hours or something like that, he'll tell you to get off the land and that kind of stuff and shoo you away. Which, I mean, kind of like, I mean, get the fuck out. Right, exactly. You, you don't belong there anyways. It's after hours. Not visiting yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's just um, being respectful. Exactly. Even yes. though he's Confederate, so. Yes. <laughs> so the ghost of a former minister can be seen right before thunderstorms. And I don't know why the thunderstorm is significant Relevant, that, unless it's yeah. that he needs the energy from the lightning to manifest or something, but 
Maybe people. it also just made me think of like, you know, when you get older and you're like, oh, it's going to rain. My hips hurt. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's an old minister and he's like, just letting y'all know it's going to rain. My whole body's hurting. It's dead and gone, but it's hurting. They also hear a crying baby, which is terrifying. I don't like the crying like children are, are awful. Yes. In real life um, and ghosts. Yes. So this church is now privately owned. And my understanding is that they really don't like public coming by or if you do come by you need to like reach out to them beforehand and tell them like hey we want to come by and look and all that kind of stuff so yeah i've got a lot of churches and and all that stuff so yeah st paul's chapel in new york new york i think we went into this whenever we were in new york sure possibly um, it's the oldest church in new york city and this one has an interesting kind of history to it there was an English actor in the 1910s. His name was George Frederick Cook. He came to America as Shakespeare's Richard III. And he basically was like a real famous actor and he toured all the things and everybody loved him as Richard III. The War of 1812 left him stranded in New York and he hated it. So he drank himself to death. He died of cirrhosis of the liver on September 26th of 1812. Seems like a very so, appropriate reaction. I know, right? I'm stranded in New York. I'm going to drink myself to death. Yeah. yeah. So the legend is that after he died, his toe or finger was stolen by another actor and sent to his wife. Yeah. Whitney's Why? giving me the funniest face. It's disgusting. Why? Like, but I don't know. You didn't... What? You didn't kill him, so why did you take it? Right. Second, what it, what were you accomplishing with that? Why? Yeah. Why? I want to say it had something to do with, like, he thought it would impress his wife. So he, like, you know. Wait, I, he sent it to his own wife? Yes. Like, Ew. I have the toe. Of- I, I would be like, we're fucking done. Like, I'm divorcing you, because what the fuck? Yeah, what is this macabre shit? Why didn't you give me a diamond ring? Come on. Yeah, like, <laughs> I have my own fingers. I don't need extra. Thank you. I don't need extra. Thanks. No, thank you. So, predictably, she was very grossed out by this and threw it away. Oh, good. Uh, oh, That's oh, normal. No. Oh, yeah, she threw it away. So, um, away. he is officially missing one of his toes or fingers, but... Perhaps the craziest thing, his body was originally interred in the stranger's vault, but then he was moved into a public grave. Whenever he was moved, his head was missing. And there's a couple of theories about this. So there is the theory. Mm -hmm. What? No, no. Um, I mean, maybe, (laughs) but uh, there's the theory that he may have donated. It may have been donated to science to pay off his creditors because, you know, body parts back in the day were, were really expensive and you could make quite a bit of money doing that. But the other thing is the possibility that his head was taken to be a skull used in Hamlet because Hamlet, every time they would do that play, mm-hmm. they would prefer that the skull that Hamlet talks to be an actual human skull. So they think that perhaps his head was taken for that because he was an actor. So and I was an actor. An actor. So 
That's super gross. Obviously, people yeah. see him wandering around headless in the graveyard. Headless uh, Nick? The cemetery. Headless Nick? If only. I don't think he's as, pleasant, as nearly headless, no. headless Nick. Probably not. Okay, so Christ Church and Graveyard in Alexandria, Virginia. This was built in 1773 as Fairfax Church and then became Christ Church in 1816. There are thousands of people buried here, but there's only a handful of markers. So that's a problem yeah. because, you, you know. You're a church. Yeah. So apparently this was a time period where people were passing away very frequently and there wasn't a lot of like, you know, we just bury people and are done with it. But there was also a lot of construction that happened on here and a lot of the headstones were moved. So some of the headstones are actually propped up against the church wall and aren't located with their bodies. So still fucked up. That's a problem. There was a mass grave of 34 Confederate prisoners of war found as well. Wow. They gr- dug up a bunch of the graves in 1985, and that's when uh, the activity really kicked in because, of course, you're disturbing remains, and that's going to be a thing. Yeah. But I think perhaps most disturbing is some of the markers that were above the ground did not match what was found under them. So they would be digging up what they thought was a... 70-year-old man, and they were finding the body of a child. That kind of stuff. Like, what? how do you fuck up that bad? So, like, yeah. It's, so, it's, like, no. maybe were they, like, originally buried and the headstone was put in the wrong spot? Or this was, like, after all the moving and everything? This, I'm guessing that it was, they were buried and the headstone was put in the wrong spot. Because this was, they discovered this while they were digging up the graves in 1985. Yeah, so a lot of people were mismarked. So that, of course, will lead to hauntings as well. If you're not given the proper burial, then you likely will haunt something. So getting into the lovely New Orleans, Louisiana. New Orleans. New Orleans. St. Louis Cathedral and Cemetery. I don't know if you went here whenever you went to New Orleans, but... We should go if you didn't. Even if you did, we should go back. I went to a cemetery. I went to the cemetery that has Nick Cage's <laughs> tomb. In, in, oh, yeah, that's right. He bought himself a tomb. <laughs> like, Nick Cage, I was like, fun fact, he's not dead yet. But, okay, yes. <laughs> no, he, okay. Has, he has a tomb, and there's several theories behind him having a tomb there, and one is mm-hmm. that all of his money is actually in it because the government can't take away your burial plot or anything. And they're not going to like enter in there either, but that's why he's doing all these shitty movies is because he's so like bankrupt and everything. Yeah. That's one of the theories is that he either put all of his money into it because the government can't take it away or he literally put all his money into it. So yeah. Anyways, I went to that cemetery. Okay. So this cemetery is still active. It was established in 1789. It has 700 tombs and 100,000 dead bodies. The famous people in here are the voodoo queen Marie Laveau. Yeah, um, that's this is the one that I went this to. This is the cemetery? Cool. Okay, yeah. cool. Her area is now closed off to the public, I guess, unless it's an official tour, you're not allowed to go in it because there was a theory that if you marked her tomb with three X's, she would grant you a wish. 
And then if your wish was granted, you were supposed to leave a gift for her. But this led to vandalism. Yeah. A lot of people, whenever they're near her tomb, they feel like they're being touched. They will become ill. They'll hear voices, that kind of thing. Hmm. Did you feel anything while you were there? I didn't. It was a sudden rainstorm. So I was just cold oh, and right. wet. Um, <laughs> but yeah. also her daughter is also buried in the same, not in the same tomb, but in the same cemetery. And so oh. people would go and put X's on hers thinking that it was the other Laveau and oh. it was wrong. So I don't know what happened to them because they like put it to the wrong voodoo lady, but mm, don't mess with They got voodoo. cursed. They didn't know which they got cursed. She was like, that's so. my mama's job. Back off. Yeah. <laughs> Back off. I left that life behind. So we also have Henry Vignet. He was a sailor in the 19th century, and he was a nomad. And his story is super tragic. He was constantly worried about these really important papers whenever he would go out to sea. And he was staying at a boarding house whenever he had to go off and do his work for a while. Turns out these papers were the titles to his family tomb. He told the owner, you know, these are really important. Please don't let anything happen to them. She assured him, absolutely, nothing will, nothing will happen to him. The second he went out to see, she sold them. So he... What yeah. twat. Right? Like, I just, I can't even... Whenever he came back, he found out about this, and obviously there was and nothing he murdered to do to get her? them back. No. Yeah. He no, he fell ill and died very shortly after he came back. But because his tomb was sold, he was buried in an unmarked grave in the pauper's section. Ugh. So, yeah, that's, that sucks. That's very upsetting. Yes. Like, I felt so bad when I was reading this. His, his ghost is seen typically as a full-body opera uh, operation, apparition. He has blue eyes. He's very tall. And he is known to interact fully with people. Like people think that he's an actual person. He will walk up to people and ask if they know where the vignette tomb is because he's having trouble finding it himself. Um, oh. Or I know, or he'll come up during funerals and ask people, the grieving people, if there's room in their tomb for him. Oh, that's, yeah. oh, that gave it me chills. Me and like, that, that just like hurts my soul. Like, I'm yes. so sorry that yes. you had to deal with that. Like, oh, yes, it was awful. I was just, Gosh. and I was like, I have to put him in here because his story needs to be told if it's not being told elsewhere. So, yeah. And then we have Alphonse. He is just kind of this random guy that they think he may have been murdered or betrayed by the Panid family or Pinead family, when anybody starts to approach the Pinead family tomb, he will warn them to stay away from it. Oh. But he he takes visitors' hands, like he interacts fully with people and he appears as a full-body apparition. He will take visitors' hands and smile and then ask them to bring him home. And nobody knows what he means by that, but he vanishes right after and I'll be like, no, no, no one chances are you're a ghost too you're a random dude that i just met in a cemetery i'm not taking you anywhere exactly. like, what the fuck? and then he's also known to gather flowers and offerings off of other people's graves and place them on his own tomb that's like oh that's so sad like i feel so bad like i know sir sir they like that's not your it's this that's the right. equivalent of like ordering your own flowers for valentine's day 
legit yes like so so everybody needs to go to this graveyard to the st louis cathedral and cemetery in new orleans and go and talk to henry and tell him that he's wanted and that you know people were terrible to him and then go get some go get flowers for alphonse and put it on his damn tomb so he'll stop taking other people because they need their flowers too don't steal from them like oh poor alphonse wow so some honorable mentions, this was just, I got overwhelmed with the amount of churches that I was finding. I've got St. Mark's Episcopal Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming, the Most Holy Trinity Church, that's the actual name, Most Holy Trinity Church, in Brooklyn, New York, Washington National Cathedral in Washington, D.C., and then the Church of St. Andrew in Staten Island, New York. Wow. So, yeah, there's a lot. I feel like there's every church has a story like this. So getting into catacombs, okay. we're going to start with the Mac Daddy of all catacombs. So the Paris catacomb is approximately 320 kilometers of tunnels. And for those of you who speak American, it's 198.84 miles of tunnels, but only a very, very small portion of it has been mapped and open to the public. The Paris catacombs are terrifying. If you get separated from your group and stuff like that like they have tours and all that kind of stuff if you get separated you are supposed to remain where you are do not go off on your own and wait to be found because there's a very high chance that you'll get lost yeah and like but i would assume they have tours going like non-stop so you would just end up with another tour group right. i wonder how many times like the next tour guys come up and they're like well i found susan like <laughs> <laughs> So, and the worst part about it is you're underground, so you have no cellular signal yeah, or anything like that. So, um, but I mean, it's home. that's actually a good theory and tactic in general. I remember one time when I went to work with dad once, we were playing with the elevators and it was like we were racing and I hit the elevator button. He went in one. I went in the other. I got off on the wrong floor and mm-hmm. I was so scared. Like, I mean... I was like, I don't fucking know how old I was, but I was scared. And so I got off the elevator and I just stood next to the elevator and dad, he, he got off the elevator and I guess he waited and he waited and then I didn't come out of the next elevator and he was like, Oh fuck. And so he went, he went to the security guards and they actually saw me on the, on the thing. So instead of me getting on and trying to find what fucking floor, I stayed where I was and they found me. So you should just. Chill the fuck out and stay where you are. Just hunker down like a turtle. Yeah. Unless you're like in danger and like being chased, then you should get the fuck out. But like other than that, just just chill, man. Just stay where you are. They'll find you. Yeah. This is home to six million human skeletons. Which is not okay. Um, It was used in the 18th century due to uh, overpopulation of Parisian cemeteries and the closure of the Cemetery of Innocence, which was called Les Les Innocents. It's very easy. Sure. It's very easy to get lost in it. One of the hospital doorkeepers, his name was Philibert Asper. He got lost in 1793, and he wasn't found until 11 years later. Um, Yeah. His tomb is where his body was found. So they've got a marker oh, yeah. on the ground and they were like, wow. he just live here now. That being said, Rapscallions in Paris actually created an entire fully functioning movie theater down in the catacombs, complete with like 
full screen projectors, sure. snack bar, <laughs> lounge Why seat. not? This was in 2004. The Parisian uh, police went down there and found it, and they were like, what the fuck, y'all? <laughs> so <laughs> apparently they hold parties down there and stuff like that. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so there's obviously a ton to the Paris catacombs that I, you know, we've only, we're already 35 minutes in, and uh, I still got a lot to they do. They probably so. have two screenings a night, and we don't even know about it, instead of just the one. <laughs> ridiculous so so we'll probably end up doing a whole thing on paris catacombs at some point when we do location features the next one is the capuchins was this the one that you went to in palermo sicily no you were in rome never mind i was in rome okay so the capuchins is a burial catacomb in italy that is famous for its mummified bodies uh they (laughs) we need to like mummification she's out (laughs) so so the most recent interment uh, was in 1920. They have not interred anybody since then. But she was a two-year-old named Rosalia Lombardo. And oh. she is almost completely perfectly preserved. Um, there's actually a photo of her as she looked in 1982 compared to when, like, now how she was buried. And she looks like she has not decomposed at all. So Ooh. she still has her hair. Why? She still... Her face still kind of looks flush. It's really, it's fascinating. So why, why, why? So it has something to do with the fact that the um, entire island of Sicily is basically volcanic tuff, which is a very porous material, and it will absorb moisture very easily. So it's a very dry Mm. environment, which allows for the body to basically jerkify it basically yeah. it dries your skin out and stuff like that so yeah, yeah. Um, it's perfect for preserving for mummification huh. and then um, the last one that I have I really couldn't find much if it wasn't the Paris catacombs or the capuchins I really couldn't find much but the next one that I found was Kam Ashtakafa um, which is in Alexandria Egypt this was just it was Egyptian and I was like I want to talk about it so the only thing that I really found on it was that its name means mounds of shards because it used to contain mounds of shards of terracotta from people okay. that would bring like food and wine and that kind of thing to the buried person. Because essentially they believed that their that person was ascending to the afterlife and they would need sustenance in the afterlife. So they would bring them food and stuff and then the keepers would come and empty it all out and all that stuff. So, so yeah. Keepers are like, these fucking idiots. <laughs> or they're like, free lunch. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And then I don't know if I could take lunch from a dead guy. I couldn't. No, there's no way. I like, would, I, I'd even like, if it was like, me. like, if I watched them bring it and was like, yep, set it down. And then they walked away. I would be like, nope. I'm going to go to Subway. Like, I can't. No. I am not stealing a menta uh tuna sandwich. I'm not doing it. No. Also, tuna. <laughs> well, I know, right? I don't know why I said tuna. I should have said turkey and cheese. Something. Yeah, I don't know. Because you've eaten tuna before. All right. Ugh, okay. So our cemetery haunts. We're almost through this, I promise. So We're cemetery it. haunts. The Stull Cemetery, or known as the Gates to Hell Cemetery in Kansas. There's a bunch of legends around this. 
Basically, they say that in the church, there's a staircase in the basement that will take you down to hell itself. There's a ladder that you can climb back up, but you'll climb for weeks if the devil doesn't grab you first. So I don't, a lot of this stuff is like, I found it on a a silly, like a a little, I don't say want to say silly, but like on a clearly fan-made website kind of thing. So this was kind of a, a fun thing. There's a woman in white that lures drivers to their death along the highway on the night before Halloween. Oh, I think I've heard of that one. There's a lot of women in white stories. We're going to do a whole episode on the woman in white because there's a lot. On the full moon, witches gather near the old well to cast spells that lure young lovers to hell. Because, of course. And then uh, there was a tree that was rumored to be a hanging tree. And there actually is a tree in the cemetery that they don't know if it was used for hangings, but it is, it's a big ass tree. So it probably was just, I just greatly enjoyed the gates of uh, gates to hell aspect. No, I could see if it was like a gateway to hell, not Mm -hmm. like you walk down the stairs into hell. Right. But just more like hell comes from there. Like, yeah, yeah, that that makes a little sense. But right. you had me in the first half. <laughs> and then I lost you in the rest of it. Yeah. Then there is the famous Westminster Presbyterian Churchyard in the Western Burial Ground in Baltimore. This is famous because Edgar Allan Poe is buried there. So, um, yeah, so... Burial ground was established in 1787, and then there was a church built on top of the burial ground in 1852, which essentially turned the burial ground into a catacomb. Hmm. I don't know why. That they seems built like poor planning. Yeah. 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 So they do see Edgar Allan Poe supposedly around the burial ground. Some have said that they've spoken to him. They see EVPs, shadow figures, orbs. There's a white-haired elderly man that will roam the churchyard. That is Um, not Edgar Allan Poe? No, that's a totally different dude. There is supposedly a woman that was buried in her straitjacket to keep her bound after death. And you can hear crazed laughter in the catacombs. Fuck. No. I'm... I'm claustrophobic, just like at the thought of being like, buried, and then on top of that, you put me in a straight jacket. Yeah, straight like, no. jacket? Yeah, like you, you said that, and my whole body was like, Hugh! yeah, like, no. <laughs> and then apparently, if you are disrespectful to anything in the church or the grounds, there's a dead gravekeeper that will swear at you and chase you with a shovel out of the out of the ground. Good, Good for him. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's he's doing his job. Like, way he's to go, man. Yeah. Get and it. then there was a 16-year-old named Lucia Watson-Taylor that died in 1816, and she is seen kneeling and praying at her own grave. So, Oh. <laughs> oh. That was a weird we thing did. to end it on. Way to end it on, like, a super down note I know. there. Like, I know. And then... We have the ever-so-famous Bachelor's Grove Cemetery in Chicagoland. That's what they put on the website. It's not Chicago, it's Chicagoland. (laughs) (laughs) I had to write it out. Um, (laughs) The first burial was in 1834. There are currently 80 graves in there, but there are not a whole lot of headstones because of vandalism and bad upkeep. 
There are four different entities that they see. Uh, the white lady, this is the famous one that they see. Uh, she was photographed in 1991 sitting on the headstone. She's famous for appearing in photographs and she wears a hooded robe and is seen carrying a baby. We have the disappearing house, which I had never heard of before, but apparently there's a house that looks transparent and it has a window that's lit up like there's a candle in it. And then as you approach the house, it shrinks away and disappears. Oh, sorry. So I had to it. look up the uh, the woman on the gravestone because oh, yeah. she likes to appear. Like I, I looked it up legit. Like, yeah, she's in a lot of pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And then apparently, and this one made me sad, there was a farmer in 1870 who drowned when his horse became spooked and he was dragged into the pond because he became tangled in the reins and the horse oh. drowned too. Oh. And perhaps the most creepy of that is that the figures can be seen just below the surface of the pond. Oh, no. Nope. No. <laughs> I got very that... much what lies beneath vibes and I was out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no. no. Mm-mm. So um, they also see a large black and tan dog and balls of blue and red light throughout the cemetery. So honorable mentions that I was like, oh, my God, we've done so many of these. Um, Howard Street Cemetery in Salem, Resurrection Cemetery in Chicago or Chicagoland, if you want to put it that way. Cemetery Hill in Gettysburg, which we'll get into Gettysburg in the next episode. Boot Hill in Tombstone, Arizona. Hollywood Forever in Los Angeles, and the Union Cemetery in Eastern Connecticut. So, Did you just, how did you just say Connecticut? Connecticut. I thought you said Connecticut or something. I don't know what you just said. I was like, it's Connecticut. Maybe I got going. I was like, Connecticut or something. It was like you were saying Connecticut. That was, I was told to spell it Connecticut. And that's not correct. I don't know who told huh. me to do that. It was a very, it was in grade school. So, I mean, there's also Arkansas. Arkansas, yes. Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas. Okay, so hospitals, asylums. Yes. Hospitals, asylums, and nursing homes. Basically, uh, shit happens in these. Basically, you've got deaths, you've got births. <laughs> <laughs> shit happens in these. Oh, shit fuck. happens in these. Um, High emotional periods because asylums were started as rehabilitation places, but they basically became tourist attractions where people could come and look at the incarcerated. And basically it was like a zoo for humans and it was horrible. The conditions were often super barbaric and patients were often very mistreated. So that will lead to bad things. I've got Mm -hmm. some famous places. Of course, I'm starting with the Trans-Allegheny Asylum. It was operational from 1864 to 1994, and it was designated for 250 patients. In the 1950s, it held 2,600 patients. So it was very overcrowded, which just led to terrible, like, you know, how do you keep everyone clean? How do you keep disease from going rampant? You know, it just, it was very bad. They are known for their lobotomies. They performed over 4,000 lobotomies using yeah. what's known as the ice pick method. So the theory behind lobotomies is that there is a portion of your frontal lobe that controls personality and you can, people that were not deemed normal or were acting out and things like that, they would receive a lobotomy to try to stop those behaviors. So the ice pick method is where they have a thin pointed rod inserted into the eye socket 
it's hammered in to sever the connective tissues in the frontal lobe. Ugh. Obviously, this went wrong many times. They had a lot of deaths because of this. Shocking. Uh, shocking. If you stick an ice pick in your brain, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a problem. They had a significant number of people that ended up with personality disorders because of this. And it was just, it was a bad time. So they have eight resident spirits. They have Lily. Um, that was a little girl that was born and, and raised in the asylum. She's yeah. thought to, yeah, typically the children that were born into the asylum never left. They just hung out with their parents there. Which, uh, like, uh, that's that's great that, like, mm-hmm. they weren't, like, stealing them away from their parents, but also at the same time, like, you were not looking out for that child. Right. What kind of life like, is that? Yeah. 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 So, apparently, you can hear laughter with her, and she likes to play games with staff and visitors who pay attention to her. So, oh. if you go in and you're like, hey, Lily, she'll play games with you and stuff. There's Jesse, who died of a heart attack in his bathtub. There's a bunch of Civil War soldiers, and perhaps the most famous of them is Dean, and you've probably heard of this. He was a mentally ill man. His roommates attempted to hang him, but it didn't work, and so they put him on the ground, put the leg of his bed on his head, and then stomped on it until he died. What the Um, fuck? Yeah. um, What? Ugh. Yeah, it said that he had the mental capacity of a child. Um, So he had no idea what was happening to him. It is said that he's still there. And I've seen several ghost time shows that have gone through and talked to him. And he very much, uh, they feel cold spots and they hear quiet crying with him. Um, So they've shown that he likes to draw. He likes to draw in life. So if they'll leave out like paper and crayons and that kind of thing, he'll, he'll play with those toy trucks, like things that little kids would enjoy. He'll play with those. The isolation cells, because they, of course, had isolation cells in the asylum. They have disembodied voices screaming, get me out of here. Which, yep, I wouldn't be doing the same thing. They, of course, also see shadows, objects moving on their own, disembodied voices or cries, bangs on the wall, breaking glass, and a whole plethora of other things. Then we get into Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Kentucky, which is, of course, very famous. It opened in 1910 as a du- as a, duber- a tuberculosis sanatorium, and it became overcrowded and was made larger in 1924. It is known for at least 6,000 deaths, but they have an idea that there were a lot more because some of them weren't documented. There are so many hauntings associated with this. There is a little girl that's known to run up and down the third floor solarium. There's Timmy. He has a little leather ball that he likes to play with. So if you bring balls to him and roll them, he'll sometimes roll them back to you. Sometimes they see a hearse dropping off a coffin. That's not okay. A woman with, yeah, phantom hearse. Um, A woman with bleeding wrists crying for help, which makes me think that it was completed suicide. Yeah, And then a man in a white coat that they see walking to the kitchen and they'll typically smell food when they see him. So they think he was maybe a cook or something. Chef's gonna um, chef. Chef's gonna chef. They have banging doors, lights where there shouldn't be because Waverly Hills is not functional right now. So there's there shouldn't be any lights on. They will see footsteps or they'll see footsteps. They'll hear footsteps. Um, and then apparently... Too. 
You could see them. Yeah. yeah. Fifth floor women. There are two women that they think they see in the fifth floor. The first one is the head nurse. She was found dead in room 502 in 1928 that she was an alleged suicide by hanging. She was 29 years old, pregnant and unmarried. So it was likely depression and shame. Society, yeah. yeah. So Dicks back then. They were dicks back then. And then woman number two supposedly jumped from a window in 1932 in that same room, in room 502. But there is theory that she might have been pushed and was not and did not jump out herself. So a pushed fun by. thing that Ooh. Yeah, that's the question. Who knows? A fun thing that might happen with this is there's talks that it might be turned into a four star hotel. Is that fun? Is it? I mean that's, that's I, fucked up. I know that is fucked up, but like, I go stay there. <laughs> uh, I mean yeah, I'd probably stay there too. But also at the same time, like all of these people died mm-hmm. in horrific, horrific situations. Yeah, tuberculosis sucks. Like, yeah, it's a, it's and a then terrible disease. You're going to be like, ooh, we have a spa. Would you like a massage? Right. If I had died then, I would be haunting the fuck. If you are over there getting your relaxation on, I would be like, boo, motherfucker. Like, what? No, we're not doing that shit. Like, no. So I wondered if they were going to have some kind of memorial to the victims. Like, I I feel like you would have to. Um, They wouldn't be able to get away with this, with turning it into a hotel without having some kind of memorial to the people that have been here. Because you're not going to have, like, surviving family members or something that are going to be up in arms maybe like it's well it's been so long in 1932 so they would be 90 something um like so you might have grandchildren or something like that that are still around could so if they get upset i agree yeah yeah and i mean mima was born in the 30s right or the 20s or something like that she was mammy was born in the 40s i know that for sure yeah then so, you had to have been in the 20s right so the fact that we're still around we're her great grandkids so there's still possibility and we knew her growing up so we didn't know yeah. her growing up we knew her we while knew we her were while we were growing up, up. Yes, yeah just exactly. just clarifying that we are not 100 years old <laughs> yep we're yep. time travelers we're skinwalkers <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, fuck, don't. Like, God. <laughs> don't the fuck? it like that. Yeah. <laughs> God. Okay. A couple more here before we jump into forest. So the Royal Hope Hospital in Florida was a Spanish military hospital from 1784 to 1921. It was demolished, and then oh. it was a replica was built to house the victims of the Seminole War. Here's the problem. It was originally built on an ancient Native American burial ground. Of course. Of course it was. So they hear groans and shouts. They will see gurneys moving out of place. They see beverage jars. I'm guessing they mean cups. Sliding out. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Sliding over outside uh, seats and that kind of thing. They'll hear marching feet, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the tranquil sanatorium in canada 
probably was it, not as tranquil as it sounds. No. Um, no. So in 1907, it opened for tuberculosis patients. And then in 1958, it closed. Then it reopened in 1959 to house mentally ill patients. And then it closed permanently in 1983. Because it was That's abandoned. Crazy. It's yeah. still crazy to me that like 1950s, like that, like, God damn, that was not that long ago that you still had yeah. like a sanatorium that was still in operation. That is insane. Yes. So a lot of the, there's actually some asylums and sanatoriums that I'll talk about in the next episode that those were in operation until the 90s. <gasps> so, yeah. What? Yeah. Lovely. So they hear or they see orbs. They feel sadness. They feel unease. They experience extreme temperature changes voices and supposedly there was a nurse who was murdered by one of her patients that is sure. known to walk the area which wouldn't surprise me no honorable mentions uh the several hospital honorable mentions, several hospitals in england and the whittingham hospital in england um the old Changi hospital in singapore clark air base hospital in the philippines these were all things that i was going to look up and then i was like taylor you have to move on the <laughs> Era Brett, oh God, Lunatic Asylum in Australia, Athens Mental Hospital in Ohio, and then the Asylum 49 Nursing Home in Tuella, Utah. So I want to do a whole thing about, I want to do the whole thing about the Tuella stuff that is fascinating. Okay, let's get into forests. Forests and then mines and caves should go by pretty quick, I think. So forests, the reason that I think they haunted is they're dead. Because they're haunted. They're dense. It's easy to get lost. A lot of them have not been touched by man, especially like in the interiors of it, which means that it's prime for elementals or other inhuman spirits to hang around. You're also not likely to be found if you get lost or if you're doing something nefarious like satanic rituals. So a lot of these forests are known for occults, all kinds of stuff. So. These are going to be relatively famous um, that I talk about. The first one is the Devil's Tramping Grounds in Bear Creek, North Carolina. This is a very weird place. It is a perfectly round, absolutely barren circle, about 40 feet in diameter in the middle of this forest. They have tried to plant seeds. Nothing sprouts. They have tried to transplant plants into the circle. Everything dies. Scientists have looked at the soil there. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no reason that these things should not be growing. So is there grass? No, it's or, dirt. Like, it's just dirt. It's dirt. What the fuck? Yeah. Any object that's left in the circle will be thrown out of the circle by dawn. And people have actually, oh like, they've tried to camp in the circle. Their tents will be moved out of the circle when they wake up in the morning. With them in it? Yes. Some of them will even just like their tent will still be in the circle, but they themselves have been moved out of the circle, which is like, oh. no, thank you. I would leave that um, tent. Yeah. Well, if, 100%. I, if I got moved out of the tent and the tent stayed in the circle, I'll be like, you belong to the earth now. Goodbye. Like I'm, no. <laughs> the devil's tent. Devil's yeah, tent. I'm out. <laughs> Animals get spooked around the area dogs like people will go like walking their dogs and hiking through here dogs refuse to go in it they will circle around that area instead of going in through it oh that's Um, so weird so the legendary quote that goes with this 
is, quote, in his camping ground, the devil spends his nights pacing around and around in a circle and turning his bitter mind towards ways to bring human souls to damnation. It's the scorching heat of his cloven hoof prints that kills the vegetation and has rendered the soil barren. He angrily brushes aside anything left in his path, his great strength easily able to toss aside even the heaviest objects. When he walks in his private spot on earth, the devil drops the illusions with which he disguises himself when he appears to men. In his natural state, the face of this fallen angel is so horrible that no man can see it and remain sane. So that's the, the legend that goes with the devil's tramping ground. Cool. Um, so no. have there been like reports of people seeing the devil? Yes. Actually, people will see shadow figures kind of hanging out around the periphery and around the edge of the forest. Lots of paranormal investigators, as a matter of fact, Zach and, and everybody in Ghost Adventures went to this. This is the episode whenever he got spooked and he went, really? So um, <laughs> <laughs> he claims that That's he funny. saw it. But there are ghost hunters that will go out there with the specific intention of seeing the devil. But anytime that they they get distracted by little things, it's like, you know, they'll see something in their periphery that will draw their attention away. And it's all very fleeting kind of imagery. So, so it's a weird place. I would love to go there and be spooked out by it. That would be a lot of fun. I don't be interested for six weeks. Yeah. Then there is <laughs> a lot of these places I would not sleep for six weeks. Then there is the Aokigahara Forest in Japan, which is also known as the Suicide Forest or the Sea of Trees. Um, yeah. I feel like you can't do a haunted forest thing without mentioning this. So this is a very beautiful forest. It is on the northwestern flank of Mount Fuji on the island of Honshu in Japan. 30 square kilometers or 12 square miles of hardened lava and it's volcanic soil, so it's incredibly dense. Volcanic soil has a lot of mineral content, which means that you get a lot of lush vegetation there. Due to the density of trees, when you get into the interior of the forest, wind can't penetrate through. So it tends to be very eerily silent and calm in it. Mm. Lots of people go there to commit suicide, which is why it's named the Suicide Forest. There has been a lot of effort by the Japanese government and just the Japanese people to try to stop people from going in there to complete suicide. There are signs, there are volunteers that go out, there are patrols that go out looking for bodies or looking for people that are camping. Because people do go out there and camp, which I don't know why you would want to, but apparently it's beautiful. Yeah. But if they find you, they're going to like ask you a series of questions and basically say, you probably should think about leaving. In 2003, they found 105 bodies. In, wow. I believe, 2007, they found over 200. So Dang. they haven't released numbers recently because they don't want to perpetuate like people to glorify their own lives here. Yeah. Yeah. So they will find strings. Some people will actually leave strings to mark their path just in case they want their bodies to be found. Or if they have second thoughts and they want to turn back, they can find their way back out of the forest. And a lot of people will leave tents behind whenever they complete suicide because they've gone out there to camp to decide if they want to or not. And so if you find an abandoned tent, it's likely that that person committed suicide. So the ghosts of these people are known as the Yuri, and they are, there's a couple of conflicting things that I heard about this. So there's the 
thought that they will lure people in, like people that are weak, constitutional kind of thing, and they're already having the thought, the thoughts of suicide, they'll lure them in to try to convince them to complete, or they just want their story to be told. And they're sort of like, they just want to be recognized and put to rest, basically. So I heard two very conflicting things yeah. about what they are. I'm sure both exist, but... Oh, of course. I'm yeah. sure that there's, whether whether it's called the Yuri or not, I'm sure each side of that story does exist. Right, right. And I've, I have heard that those that go that are contemplating, they will hear voices that try to yes. entice them and everything. And then there's other people that they go and they actually get like a sense of like, you don't belong. Like this isn't, mm -hmm. this isn't right. This isn't your time kind of thing. And that convinces them like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go. But yeah, that, that poor forest, like it. Yeah. And I say poor forest, like it's a, it's its own being, but I mean, it kind of is. And like it, for it to be so beautiful and lush and everything, and then have people, I mean, I guess if they, if that's what they want is peace in a beautiful place, then okay. But also, you know, I'm not condoning the suicide or anything like that, but mm -hmm. you know, I guess if that's, if that's what your wishes are, then I guess so. But you know, right. always, yeah. I'm going to go on a different segue. Always reach out, try to reach out if you are feeling that way. And there's many of resources and hotlines and, you know, we, we love you guys. And like we said in your, in the past episode, practice self-love and we fucking love you guys. So you're a badass motherfucker. You're a badass yeah. motherfucker, and you're going to tell yourself that in the mirror, and you're going to reach out for help if you need it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So on that very, very depressing note, yeah. <laughs> we have the Black Forest in Germany. That's where a lot of the Grimm Brothers fairy tales are set. Yeah. It is very densely forested. There's very little sunlight. It's basically the classic scary forest. There's the Isla de las... Oh, gosh. Isla de las Manecas. I know I'm saying that wrong, um, but it's the Island of the Dolls in Mexico. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So there was a man that lived on this little island. His name was Don Julian Santana. He found a little girl that had drowned and she had a doll with her about 50 years ago, a little more than 50 years ago now, actually. Um, and he began, began hanging dolls in the trees and in his home as a tribute he has since passed away in the exact same spot that the girl was found. The dolls Didn't he die are now, of like a heart attack. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then he fell forward in the water. Yeah. Yeah. The dolls are known to move and talk on their own, despite not having batteries or the means to do so. Cool. Some people say that the dolls are evil. Some people say that they're there to protect. He intended for it to be a protection kind of thing. So I'm hoping yeah, he, that that. He put them out still. there for the little girl. So Right. Right. The next one is the Hoya Bachu Woods in Romania. This one is similar to the Devil's Tramping Ground in the sense that it has a clearing in the center of it where nothing grows, nothing, you know, it's, I don't know what this is, but they've looked at it. There's no reason that this stuff shouldn't be growing. Now, wait, geographically, are they opposite? Ooh. Oh, I I'd have to look at that. That's interesting. That would be yeah. interesting if they're like, even if they're off like slightly, that's still, that would be very interesting to look at. Yeah. Romania versus, uh, where was the first one? 
uh, North Carolina. Actually, no. Nah. No, nah, they're not. No. Mm-mm. If it was like more Oregon. Yeah. We'll have to look. I'll look at California a map. or something. Uh, what? A map? Getting my cartography on. <laughs> Crazy. Insane. <laughs> Um, so they say that this is supposed to be a portal. People who go into these woods likely do not come out. And in the event that they do come out, they feel anxious and nervous for days afterwards. Oh, God. Um, yeah. So honorable mentions, we have the Randolph Forest in Randolph, Maine. Morgan Monroe State Forest in Martinsville, Indiana. Santa Fe National Forest in Torero, New Mexico. The Angelinas National Forest in Zavala, Texas, which I looked a little bit further into that one. We should go there one day. The Monchock Swamp in Pontachula, no, Ponchatula, Louisiana. Yosemite National Park in California. Uh, Pine Barrens, New Jersey, which is famous for the Jersey Devil. And the Meeman Shelby Forest State Park in Millington, Tennessee. So, wow. All right. Getting into caves and mines. There's a lot of stuff going on in caves and mines. First of all, mining is an incredibly dangerous job. The what just happened to you? <laughs> oh God, Sophie's farting. It's oh like, no. <laughs> she just like let out a big sigh, and then it was like woof. So <laughs> I just like, happened oh. to look over, and she was making this face. I was like, oh God. Oh gosh, it's yeah, rough um, stuff, Sophie. Yes, yeah. always. always. So. Miners were, of course, subjected to cave-ins, carbon monoxide poisoning, lack of oxygen in general, fires. There was all kinds of stuff that they were subjected to, depending on what they were mining. Cave systems in general are very intricate, and they're easy to get stuck in. There's, of course, You're the famous- like natural caves, right? Natural cave systems, yes. Yeah. Yes. There's, of course, the famous Nutty Putty Cave uh, with John Jones. You've not heard of the Nutty Putty Cave? Uh, no. I- oh, God. Nutty- Nutty Putty sounds like a made-up thing. It sounds like children were like, Yeah, no, this is actually a super tragic story Um, with this guy. He went, he has a wife and a newborn. He went caving with his family before Thanksgiving, I think. And he hadn't been caving since he was very, very young. He went down a passage that he thought was called the birth canal, where it gets really, really narrow, and then it opens up into a larger chamber. Turns out he was in a different passage, and it was a passage that narrowed to a point and did not open to anything. He actually got stuck. He wedged himself in to the point that he couldn't, like his ribs went over a ledge and he couldn't back out without breaking things. Um, Yeah. This is uh, awful. He was stuck upside down for 27 hours before he passed away. Um, they tried to get him out. His brother found him. They tried to get him out through so many different methods, and each method failed. Um, he eventually uh, went into cardiac arrest, and they ended up just sealing the cave off completely. His body's still in there, and Nutty Putty Cave can no longer be explored. So, Oh, my God. That's a that quick way. rundown. Huh, it, that hurts everything my body like yeah yeah it nothing about it and it's so tragic because he you know he was just going out for a fun family event and yeah it just no don't go in caves people 
<laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I had a friend that was doing spelunking for her PhD research, and every time she told me about going in the caves, I was like, "You're freaking crazy!" Like, no, that's yeah. I like yeah. It, no. I just now I can't remember the movie, the movie name, but they like Is it the descent. Yes. Fuck. Okay. No. Uh, the descent is about John Jones, the Nutty Putty Cape. No, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, <laughs> the, uh, my thought on why these are likely, if you subscribe to the crystal energy theory, um, there's a lot of mineral content, a lot of content down there that they say can do energy and that kind of thing. But there's also a lot of different spirits that like to hang out down there. There are the Tommy Knockers, which are a Cornish entity. They're like gnomes. Um, it made me think of Tallywhacker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, guys. He's uh, still recovering. Um, yeah. But yes, so Tommy Knockers. I actually found out about Tommy Knockers when I was watching um, some. Discovery Channel haunted mind thing. I can't even remember the title. We have two German types of entities. One is called the Bergamonch. It is a monk, a monk garbed figure, which I'm already no, not okay. Why? And then the, why are there German entities in American caves? No, these are German entities oh, okay. in German minds. Yeah. Okay, fine. You're yeah. fine then. Okay, I mean, you're not, and but then, you're fine. <laughs> then they have the kobolds, which is also German, uh, small black beings of malicious disposition. The seven whistlers from England, they have basilisks, and then, of course, gnomes from the elementals. It's the earth elemental. Seven whistlers? Wait, is that a cave? No, the seven whistlers are a, a group of entities in England that they're okay. known to warn people of things. So Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? That's exactly what I thought of. Yeah. I don't know okay. if that's what that is, but yes. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I've got a few caves to talk about. The first one is the Moaning Cavern in California. And I saw two different reasons for why this is called the Moaning Cavern. The first one was there is a moaning sound due to the fluctuation of cold versus warm air into and out of crevices in the cave. Basically, like when you hear the wind moaning through okay. the trees and stuff. Fine. Then the other one, which I find a little bit weirder, is the moaning is due to the erosion of rock, rock forming holes that are similar to bottles. When the water level in the holes is low and a droplet of water lands into it, it produces a hollow thumping sound, which because of the amplification of the acoustics in the cave, it sounds like a low moan in the surface. But apparently that sound has, like it doesn't reach the surface anymore as the cave has progressed in erosion. So I'm not hmm. 100% sure. Those were the two things I saw. Odd. Okay. Yes. But the Miwok Indians said that it was a stone giant, a stone giant, oh my gosh, a stone giant named Yayali, Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Who lived in the cave and lured people to their death because, of course, everything lures people to their death. Well, yeah. Um, the, the really fascinating thing here is that they found 100 prehistoric people's remains at the bottom of this cavern, meaning that they fell down a 410-foot chasm as far back as 13,000 years ago. 
Damn. Yeah. That's... So this is an old ass cave. Wow. So yeah, I was like, when I saw thirteen thousand years ago, I was like, oh, that's a younger drive. But that's oh my god. Dissertation. I know. I just I see the number and I immediately I'm like, and I'm in my dissertation realm. We're we're not so. going there. <laughs> no, uh, we don't have time. <laughs> no. So nobody wants to hear about my dissertation. So. The next one is the Hell Hole in West Virginia. Honestly, this is just, it's a really creepy cave. People will hear sounds and that kind of thing. The average temperature is 47 degrees Fahrenheit. It is home to the Virginia Big-Eared Bat. And this is the one that has very tight channels. It's very easy to get stuck. And there are areas that are smaller than a baseball. Like You had me in I the was, first half. Yeah. There I was, was like, dude, I would go because, you know, it's nice and cool. Bats, bats are kind of cool. Yeah, bats um, are awesome. But no, I'm not going to get stuck. Yeah, mm. so the entrance is literally just like a piece of plywood that says hellhole on it. And then there's like a little hole that you have to climb into in order to get nope. into the cave. Nope. And I was watching, I was watching a video on it and there are guys that are like, how, how big do I want to say that they are? You know, like. Our friend Sarah, like mm-hmm. maybe a little bigger than Sarah, barely fitting into these crevices. No, like no, oh, oh. no. I couldn't even get in the hole. Like I'm not that big, but I'm 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 too big to get in that hole. So, I mean, I'm gonna go straight up and say I'm I am that big. Like I'm not gonna get in that <laughs> hole. Like at right. all. I'm not even gonna try. Right. So the next one is the Wind Cave in South Dakota. This is one of the longest and most complex cave systems in the world. And it is home to the legendary Walking Sam. He is also called Tall Man. Or that one's a little more cryptic. (laughs) Yeah. Or my favorite, Stovepipe Hat Bigfoot. <laughs> That's like someone just pointed and was like, uh, describe everything you see. Exactly. Like, so, it was the first one that you have the like Sam guy. It's just like some dude and he's like, Hey, I'm Sam. Sam hey, I'm Sam. Up, guys? I'm Sam. <laughs> then we're getting a tall man and it's like, okay, okay. And okay, now, now we're getting creepy hat bigfoot. And then so, it was a child that was like, Whoa. <laughs> right. So this dude is apparently seven feet tall. He has eyes, but no mouth. And he sometimes wears a stovepipe hat. So there are two. Yes, there are two legends with him. Either he raises his arms, like he's kind of like Slender Man in the sense that like he's like super tall and gangly and stuff. If he raises his arms, you can see the bodies of his previous victims hang below his arms. If you... Like, if he um, raises his arms, like, he's going to, like, sniff his armpits or, like... Like, just out to the like, side. Like a T-pose kind of. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So weird, weird flex, bro. Yeah. So, apparently, he targets teens and persuades them that they are worthless and encourages them to kill themselves. Okay. And he targets teens specifically because they're more susceptible to that kind of thinking. So, the Sam's second legend... Bad dude. Legit. The second legend is that he just wanders the forest as some sort of punishment and he's looking for companionship. So we either have this dude that's like super bad or this dude that's super lonely. Like there's no in between here. So I feel kind, I possibly feel kind of bad for Stovepipe at Bigfoot. So his name is now SHB. So it's either Sad Sam or Bad Sam. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's sad. Or so, or bad. So one of the, the caves that I came across, of course, is the Bell Witch Cave, but I figured we'd do an entire episode on Bell Witch. So I'll just yeah. skip past that. Um, we're getting into mines now. So the Lambi Dehar, I know I'm saying that wrong. Lambi Dehar, Divya will correct me. Mine. This was the first iron ore mine in India. The poisonous gases that came up from the mines caused the miners to get a lung disorder, which caused them to die coughing up blood. Ugh. Unfortunately, their children also played around the mines, so they also got this disease. It closed in 1995, and there are people that have gone in and never come back out. So a big thing with caves and mines is people going in and jumping into water. You should never jump into water into in a cave or a mine because it could release gases that will cause you to be DOS, which is dead on surfacing. Basically, there's no oxygen in the air for you to breathe in, so you just suffocate immediately whenever you surface. Oh God! Um, so also, you don't this, know like what's under there, how deep yeah. it is, or any like yeah. just yeah, just, just stay out of them. Stay do it. out of caves and mines. Yeah. So then we have the Ringwood Mine in New Jersey. This is one of the largest producers of iron in the world. They had lots of cave-ins, lots of accidents. Of course, they weren't paid very much at all. They would work a day for a dollar. Um, wow! Footsteps. Voices, ghosts with lanterns in hand, um, and it was abandoned in the early 1900s. The Oak Mining Pit was one of the worst mining disasters in British history, and this is horrible. 361 men, boys, and rescuers died during two days' worth of explosions that started on December 12th of 1866. Fire damp, which is a type of gas that's found in mines, typically it's coal bed methane, was ignited through some thing, and that caused an underground fire that raged for several days. On top of that, a 100-ton amount of coal collapsed into the crater at the mouth of the shaft. So the fire was suffocating everybody, and then on top of that, the mouth of the cave closed in, and you were trapped. Dang. A paranormal team, I I greatly enjoyed this because uh, it was very, like, Boop. A paranormal team concluded that the land itself was cursed, and the only information I could find on it was they used a Ouija board and equipment to communicate with the spirits. Cool. And they decided it was cursed. Way to go. You guys, bang up job. Yeah. Nice job. So if you're the paranormal team that concluded that, please reach out to me because I'm interested to see why you think it's cursed. And what other things did you do? Like, yeah, exactly. It was literally just like, this paranormal team. And then it had a link. So I clicked the link and then it went to that. And they were just like, yeah, we communicate with spirits. It was like, <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't know. Hi there. Yeah. We're, we're a paranormal team. Hi there. <laughs> so then we have the Tonopah Mining Park used in the 1900 Silver Rush. They think that there's two possibilities here. Uh, prospectors who died in an avalanche or a cave-in or Indian spirits that scare people away. And then we have the Sterling Hill Mine, 2,500 feet deep and 35 miles of tunnel. Unfortunately, they were trying to find zinc and iron, but they didn't find any. They still lost 77 miners, um, despite not finding anything. So 
They typically hear footsteps, voices, whispers. They will see an apparition of a minor carrying a lantern. And then there's touching and pushing. And then honorable mentions, we have the Vulture Gold Mine, the Nenthed Mines, the Giever Tin Mines, Atlas Coal Mine, and Black Diamond Mine. Mm. So, yeah. So that's the first incredibly long episode of yeah. our haunted location. Um, wow. We will cover, oh, what's my next round of, of things? Uh, Native American lands, abandoned areas, hotels, and battlegrounds and war zones in the next episode. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, if definitely you know, not in this episode because, like, goddamn Taylor. Goddamn. When Taylor researches, he researches. Well, and, like, because you would get to a point and then you would be like, and then, and I was like, oh, yeah, we're not, <laughs> oh, we're not done yet. Yeah. Okay. Continue on. Yeah. The next episode will be shorter. <laughs> sure. So it's just the 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 churches and the catacombs and the cemeteries, like there's just so much. So yeah. the rest of them, there's not that much on. But if you know anything about any of the stuff that I talked about and you want to add to it, or if you want to correct me on something, because dear God, please correct me if I didn't say something right, because I'm the first person to admit that I probably got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so all I can do is internet research and we all know how reliable the internet is. So yeah. um, if you have things that you would like to clarify or you would like to add to, or if you have your own stories or anything like that, if you've been to some of these places, please reach out to us and let us know because we are fascinated by this type of stuff. Yeah. So. Hit us up. Yeah. But if you have like stories about you going into a cave and like getting <laughs> stuck and everything, I mean, good on you because obviously you survived if you're going to tell us about it, but also like, uh, I don't know if I can handle that. Like, that's a lot. I've become a glutton for punishment on those. And I think it's okay, so fascinating. Put dear Taylor <laughs> tunnel story. <laughs> and then <laughs> I won't read it. She can tell me about it, but like, I will have the most anxiety trying to read it. So like, oof, no, nope. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So reach out to us on any social media. We are uh, the Ghost Sisters on everything but Instagram. On Instagram, we are the Ghost Sisters Texas. And on Gmail, we are the Ghost Sisters Texas at gmail.com. And it's TX, not T yes, T X T X. Yeah. I almost forgot how to spell Texas. <laughs> I've forgotten how to do anything <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was a lot. Well it was uh so I guess we're gonna we're gonna say bye y'all and um yeah. spook you later. Spook you later. Spook you I'm later. I'm gonna say it like bitches. that every time. But yeah, and I'll probably I'll probably say bitches after every time. Bitches. <laughs> I'll add in a bitches. I'm yeah. glad we've got it going. <laughs> we're we're figuring this out, y'all. We are very slowly. So all right. See you in the next one. Next time. Bye.